0: I'm not sure what's gonna happen, mate. I guess we'll see how the week unfolds and for sure I'd I'd love to, you know, see one of us guys get up the top of the leaderboard there and really give it a nice shot.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Augusta National Golf Club for the very first of the Bunkered Masters commutes in association with Callaway Golf, Michael McEwen here. Thank you for joining us. Oh well, I'm gonna be doing these all week. All the way through until Sunday when we'll have a new Masters Champion. If the weather cooperates, that is, it could be Monday at this rate, but who knows. But hopefully we'll be doing this all the way through until Sunday night when, as I say, somebody will be slipping into the green jacket. It was a lot of fun doing these last year and I'm delighted to say that I have roped in a very special guest to kick us off with proceedings this time around. A fellow Scotsman, Guardian Golf Correspondent, and heart of Midlothian enthusiast Ewan Murray, Ewan,
2: welcome to the Masters Commute. Thank you. It's a good week to keep football out of this, so let's. Uh, <laughs> can we can we stick to golf? Thanks. I think we should. It's funny. I saw Paul McGinley when I was
1: I just arrived this morning, and this happened pretty much. I think it was the Monday last year as well. Walking up the stairs in the media centre, you know yourself these beautiful big staircases, slap bang in the middle of this resplendent building, and coming down the way. There's McGinley, he takes one look at me, big, huge smile on his face and he says, how's your team doing these days? So that set the tone for the week, but I've made a mental bookmark for Sunday, just in the off chance that I, that I can throw some shade back his way. But you're quite right, let's stick to golf because the 87th Masters is upon us. You and you've covered tons of these. When, when was the first time you came to
2: Augusta? 2011. Oh. Name the winner. Charles Schwartzel, correct. Should have been Rory McIlroy, yeah. as we know, but that was my first time here. Luggage got lost on route. <laughs> staying in a terrible hotel. Where were you staying? Motel Six, by any chance? I think it's been knocked down. I think it, it was condemned. <laughs> it was condemned and knocked down subsequently. But um, that was my first experience. The old Media Center, obviously. Oh yeah. So yeah, since 2011, I've been here. Not missed a beat since. But it's always good to go back. To be back, it keeps you going. I think through the winter, knowing yeah. you'll be back at Augusta. Start of April. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And there's a lot to get our teeth into this year. There sure is. Obviously. Does it get old? As you
1: say, you've been coming here and what is this, probably 11, 12, 13 now? Yeah. Does it in any way get old, no?
2: No, it's it's a great place to come. It's a busy week. I'm always pleased when the tournament starts because, as you know, we do day after day of preview stuff and (laughs) he said, she said, there's a lot of that goes on. When the golf starts, I think you're, you know, on the downhill slope and I, and I enjoy that but mm-hmm. no it, it can get old coming here I mean how many people do you speak to at home that would love to come to that's it. Augusta National okay we were working and, and I do stress that to those people <laughs> but it, it's a great place to be we get looked after well mm-hmm. facilities are first class normally the weather is okay but as you said that's doesn't Looking look to a be the case this year but um no no it's always a thrill walking through the, the gates again for the, the first time what's your favorite of the master's traditions oh that's a good question or do you have one of your own even that you tried to stick to? I probably shouldn't advertise this but we, we can have lunch obviously in the, in the clubhouse mm-hmm. and I do make a habit of pinching the little menus that they give us Oh really? and bringing <laughs> at least one of those home. I mean it's just a it's a two-sided piece of card with a menu and it always has one of the holes you know a picture of one of the holes mm-hmm. from the course on the front of it. So I have a collection of those. I'm, I'm probably now going to be banned from said <laughs> now that I've admitted this, but it is technically only a bit of paper. Yeah, but I, I do make a point at least once of having lunch in the clubhouse terrace uh, during the week, and I I do ask, would you mind if I took this take this menu away? And that's always fine. Mm-hmm. And I've I've got a set of them at, at home. So you're basically trying to complete the 18. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. They're just um. Yeah, just quite nice things to have. I you know, I think of things that you you can't normally buy or pick up and it's only for my own collection. So that, that, that's something I do. Even the I say, even the point of making the effort to go to the club. I mean we can eat here, obviously for free in the media centre. You can go but go and buy your lunch on the clubhouse terrace and, and watch the world go by and there's always various, you know, illustrious golf people. I was in there just looking around. This afternoon there was Tom Watson sitting down, you know, these kind of people are always wandering about and we shouldn't take that for granted because it's, it's nice to be, not quite rubbing shoulders, but, you know, around in the same domain as In a some. relative sense, yeah. yeah. Um With, you know, a lot of very famous, esteemed golf people. So, yeah, that kind of stuff I, I do really enjoy. You know something? I've never been
1: in the clubhouse. Now this is my third time here and I don't know why because everyone's told me that you're
2: more than entitled to go in, but... There's also, there's a great library. If you, if you just go into the bottom floor where the, the, the sofas and chairs are, you can just sit down and there's all manner of golf books that you can, you know. Oh, again, fantastic. if I get a spare 10 minutes, which I don't always, you know, sit down there, grab a book and read about, you know, it'd be golf in Scotland or whatever it might be. These things are all there. The Masters Trophy obviously sits there, which is, you know, quite the, the thing to see. Yeah, the, club, awesome. the, club, the clubhouse is a good place to poke about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've convinced me. I
1: might need to, to put that right there right this time around but as you rightly say it's hard finding the time especially this year because there are so many talking points ahead of this year's Masters last year it was really all about Tiger and his return wasn't mm-hmm. it but this time around there's so many I mean Scotty Scheffler can't become only the fourth to defend successfully then we've got Rory who we'll touch on in a second Brooks Kepka suddenly playing better again winning on Live. let's start on Live because no doubt there's been a bit of noise, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. 18 live golfers playing. Greg Norman will not be here. He uh, made some comments that he didn't get invited. Last year he got a grounds pass, is that right? And then this year, no, nothing at all.
2: Zilch was his way to... Well, the last time I saw Greg Norman here, he was doing work for media of some sorts, because I remember him being in the media centre. He was doing some kind of radio... And I think that was last year. It was maybe a right, year okay. before. So... It, that's the only time I remember seeing him. It's funny, he, he he made a bit of a fuss about not going to the Champions dinner at St Andrew's last year. Mm-hmm. But I think the point was, he, he's not, he hadn't really been accustomed to going to these things anyway. Exactly. He wouldn't yeah. go to the Open. Now, now, in fairness, I don't know exactly whether he would routinely come here, but I don't really recall seeing him around Augusta much. But, you know, it's in his interest to make a bit of noise about the whole situation, obviously. Oh, of so course. That's what he's done. If I was Greg Norman, I'd might be inclined to stay away
1: from the place, given, you know, the scar tissue, etc., but one live golfer was brought in for an interview earlier on today on the interview schedule, which is pretty comprehensive there's only one of them that's going to speak to us guys in the media before the event, and that was Cam Smith. He was obviously grilled a little bit about live golfers and being at augusta here 's a little taste of what he had to say
0: I think it's just important for the live guys to be up there because I think I think we need I think we need to be up there, I think there's a lot of chatter about uh, these guys don't play real golf, these guys go, don't play real golf courses. For sure, I'll be the first one to say the, the fields aren't as strong. I'm, I'm the first one to say that, but we still got a lot of guys up there that can play some really serious golf and uh, we competed against each other hard week in, week out, and we're trying to do the same thing as what we did six months ago. And and it's nice. It's It's a good feeling to have that competition and it's good to see uh, Brooks win last week he's playing some really good golf again and yeah I think we just need a good strong finish
1: yeah so interesting stuff there from from Cam Smith Ewan what do you make of the whole live Masters thing for lack of a better word should they be here shouldn't they be here
2: yeah I think if they've earned the right to be here they should be it, it is actually strange having a Masters with no Lee Westwood or Ian Poulter or Paul Casey for example yeah. that that struck me today as odd that none of those guys are in the field and I know that could have happened anyway probably not in Casey's situation he's still competitive enough but the other guys may have fallen to a level where they wouldn't qualify but that is odd but I mean Smith's the open champion I think it's perfectly legitimate that he plays Dustin Johnson as a past champion Phil Mickelson Patrick Reid past champions here I think you would be entering dangerous territory and territory Augusta National would not want to enter if you suddenly Block banned these guys from playing. The interesting bit to me is a golf one and a competitive one. You know, Cam Smith admitted when he spoke today that the strength of the field and the Live Tour is not like the PGA Tour. He did say though there are guys who are obviously serious players, competitive players, but that lack of strength and depth is clear to me. I think the golf courses they play on to me, the one in Orlando last week didn't look great no, at it all. Didn't, did it? So this all feeds into how competitive can these players be here? Now, Smith ordinarily should be a, a leading candidate to win this Masters, but we don't know because of the level he has been playing at and the courses he has been playing on. Dustin Johnson ordinarily should be a factor here, but we don't know if that you know, ability to compete here has been diminished by joining the Lyft Tour. And I'm going to be interested to see you know, how many of them. Kepka, interesting, hadn't been playing well at all I mean, he missed a cut in Oman, didn't he? And then he, he did, yeah, by miles. He kicks, he kicks into action the weekend and is playing better again. And he tends to be dangerous when I mean. he's got a point to prove. He will want to prove that that live players can can compete in this environment. So that that fascinates me. You know, how many of these guys, if any of these guys, can still turn it on in, in, in the big events? And if they can't, of course, you and I and others will be hitting them, saying, well, you know, you took the choice, you took the money, and, and all of a sudden you're not major championship factors anymore. So that that really intrigues me. On our preview episodes
1: of the the podcast, Bryce Ritchie, who you know, my my co-host, he said that he didn't think that a live golfer would crack the top 10 come Sunday night.
2: What do you reckon? And if you disagree and you think somebody will, who's the most likely candidate? Smith would be the most likely. I just think you don't know. I find it very hard to assess what level of golf they're playing at. This is the test. As the PGA Championship will be a test, as the Open Championship, the US Open, these will be the key tests of that. I, I think it's very hard to boldly say they will or won't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Mickelson is it, playing badly, it looks like. It, it's scoring all over the place, unless I'm wrong, has been generally very, very poor. Despite his record here, it would be a shock if he was a, a factor. Mm-hmm. But Smith, by right, should be a factor. I, I just think it's very hard to say with great certainty they will be or won't be. So this is going to be a really interesting barometer of where the, the, these guys' games is at. And I apply that to Johnson and I apply that to Kepka as well.
1: Yeah, I think Johnson's an interesting one for me because if the conditions are as advertised and you know there is an awful lot of rain and the course softens up, one, it's going to be clearly a softer golf course and a bit more gettable. Two, it's going to be very long. I mean, it's been suggested it's going to be playing relative terms, about 7-9, potentially even pushing 8,000 by the time you factor in the weather. That brings somebody like Dustin Johnson bang into the equation, doesn't it? It
2: also rules out a hell of a lot of the field too. Absolutely. And and again, when he won here in um, the November, that's kind of what it was like. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm repeating myself, but I think it's the really fascinating part that these things should apply, but they're playing in a different domain. They're playing with a lack of strength and depth in, in the fields. I think that's obvious. So can they just flick the switch and turn it on they will be determined collectively to show they can, because otherwise people will point at them and say, "You've made a mistake. You're not playing against anything. You can't compete." So they will be really, really keen to show, you know, no, we can still mix it with the best, and, and that's going to be a key theme of the week. Yeah, there'll be a few chips and a few shoulders, and like you say, when you put that on the shoulders, like Brooks
1: Kepka, tends to bring out the best in them, doesn't it? So, hundred percent. Very interesting to see what they do. Got more chat with you in coming up right after this.
2: All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back,
1: part two of today's Master's Commute in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here in the bowels of the Augusta National Media Centre with The Guardian's Ewan Murray. But We are speaking before the break, Ewan, about live golfers. Let's do a full 180 and talk a little bit about a guy who is, well, he's not fond of live, is he? But he's definitely one of the men to beat this week, Rory McIlroy. Full disclosure, you know Rory really well. You've got a good relationship with him. He's obviously favoured by many to, to finally get the job done this week and win the Green Jacket. In your experience of Rory, is this the best place he's been in mentally, physically
2: going into a Masters? I'm not sure. I have thought that before about him and it's never quite translated into what he's done. I think the important bit is how he finished last year, that 64 Second place now, Shefford did see it over the line quite comfortably, but he could even four putt the last, my I guess, know, to, to get the job done. I know he said it to me in an interview I used at the weekend. He, he felt he broke through a mental barrier there. You shoot 64 to finish, and of course, you're not shooting 64 to finish through being at the top of the leaderboard to start with. But I think, I think he feels you know, it seems strange speaking about momentum a year on, but I think he thinks he can carry that into this time you touched on it but if, if the forecast stays true and the course is going to be softer and a lot longer that helps him it's Rory McIlroy major winning conditions isn't it it is yeah. and I, I think it's a bit unfair to call him I think some people portray him as more one dimensional golfer than he actually is but the reality is this kind of thing should suit him yeah he, the concern would be he he his driver at the players championship was obviously very very wayward now the driver doesn't need to be the you know your your strongest tool here yeah he did seem to sort out of the match play where he, he played a lot better. I, I thought at Sawgrass he was he was a good bit off and kind of looked a bit tired. He looked refreshed and a lot better at the match play. So he has a very, very good chance. Whether it's the best chance he's ever had, I, I don't know. I, I have come here before and seen him and heard him talk and, and watched his demeanour and thought, you're right at it, you can do it. And I've thought that during the tournament with him as well at times and it's not quite happened. And and plus, the you know... The bare fact with golf, he can't control what anyone else does. Rory can't exactly control it. John Ram. He can't control Scotty Scheffler. You know, you, you can just be outplayed by someone else. So
1: This is the thing for for as good a form as he's in, or appears to be in, and he can do all the things right. Scotty Scheffler's still playing some of the best golf. He's actually arguably playing better golf this year than he was this time last year. John Ram, I mean, he's an incredible start to the year. Tailed off a little bit. He's maybe mm. lost a bit of that momentum. But then you've got guys like... Sam Burns, obviously fresh off that win at the match play. The guy beating beat in the final, Cam Young. Sanders Shoffley. Sanders Shoffley, yeah. Jordan Spieth, he can never rule out right here. Then you've got Patrick Cantley, who always thinks a good bet around here. And then we've not even discussed people like Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas and guys like that. So, Rory's going to have his work cut out for him. But he does seem to be, I think he's in a quieter place mentally. I don't know if I'm I'm reading him right, but we've heard him at previous master's press conferences. i will be very interesting tomorrow to hear what he has to say, but we've heard him previously talking about, you know, reading very deep philosophical books by Ogmandino and so on. And he always seems to come into the master's with, well, here's my plan. Here's what I've been working on. This time, I hate the word organic, but it feels like he's a bit of a more organic preparation.
2: Yeah, he's a natural artist, Rory, isn't he? And I think it's, it's a mistake to try and apply science and too much thought to what he's doing. Is that his best when he just... He said it, you know, just when he flows. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wants to do. But, you know, I say there's all manner of factors can dictate whether that happens or not. I, w- I would have him in my top three or four shouts for this week, no question. And I think, also, there's there's so many much talk about other things here. Sheffer, Tiger's back playing, the live factor is a thing. There's not really noise around Rory, and I, and I think that should help him. Bearing in mind, this is a guy who's always hype around him. But, but I think the Grand Slam conversation doesn't really happen anymore uh, to the point where people forget he's, he is this tournament away from, from reaching the career Grand Slam. All that noise isn't really there. So I, I think I would be surprised if he's not at least top five and I, and I would have him as a key key guy in terms of you know picking winners this week.
1: If you were to look beyond the favourites, who's a, a dark horse that you're expecting to see big things from this week?
2: He's maybe not a dark horse, but but I look at Jason Day's record here when he was... In his prime, and he's had a lot going on since, family-wise, mm. fitness-wise, health-wise, but he's back playing pretty well. It seems to me. He sounded confident in his mm. press conference earlier on as well. He looked really relaxed, which has never been his strong suit. Has no, and I just I think at Augusta experience and, and course specialism is so important, mm-hmm. and he has that. So I, I think I would fancy him again to be a, a part of the conversation. I'm trying to think now who else would be regarded as a long shot. Is Tony Fino a long shot? A medium shot, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, he's maybe in days kind of category. I wouldn't at all, again, rule him out. I mean, this is a funny tournament. This should be the easiest one to pick. Yeah. Easiest major. It's a smaller field. You have, you know, the amateurs and, and the past champions involved. Again, first time players and, and players without too much experience here don't tend to prevail. Yeah. So it should be the easiest one to put your pen straight through a lot of names and say they can't do it and others can. Mm-hmm. Finau would definitely be in my bracket to say he he can. What does he need to do to get over the line? Somebody like that, you know, to make that jump from being
1: a PGA Tour winner to being a major champion. What's... Even then,
2: I mean, he, he doesn't win enough, it strikes me. It took him no. long enough to win the PGA Tour, didn't it? So, that that is probably a psychological thing. There's nothing wrong with his his game. I sometimes think Tony, and this is to his credit, is, is so laid back and happy-go-lucky and maybe lets things pass him by more than he he should. Then maybe that's the right way to be. It's not done him any real harm. Yeah, I know what you mean maybe a lack of a killer instinct. Exactly the phrase yeah. I was going to use. He maybe doesn't have that. Can you be too nice a guy and still win golf tournaments do you think or major championships? No, I mean I mean Rory spoke about that early in his career. He he used to win and feel a bit bad about it. <laughs> bad about who he was beating and he said you have to Really? Yeah, he yeah, he spoke about that before and, and he said you have to get out of that. You know, this is your job, this is what you're there to do. It's not quite stone cold killer territory, but you have mm-hmm. to have the mindset: I'm going to, you know, batter everyone else around me, and, and that's the way it's going to be. My memory of out here, of course, the key one is that par three oh. instant where he popped his ankle, and and then top ten, yeah, that was his debut, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was that was um, extraordinary. Everyone everyone winced looking at it, and then he kind of he popped the ankle back in, and, and as you said, went on and played very very well. So um, if you mentioned Tony Finnow Augusta, that's the thing that immediately 100%. comes to mind. One hundred percent. So
1: before we finish up, I want to ask you quickly about someone who is making his final appearance this week, 1987 champion Larry Mize. No, no. (laughs) Let's, Let's talk about Sandy Lyle, fellow Scotsman. He has confirmed, we're led to believe, because it's Sandy and he doesn't do much talking, but he has confirmed that this is it. This is his farewell. It's major championship appearance number 101, I believe. It's 20... That's no, not true. It's 35 years since he won the Masters. He probably flies under the radar and has done those, Sandy, doesn't he? You know, his major championship record's great. He's won two, but he's only had, only had two other top tens, and he's missed 51 cuts. It's a bit of a weird career. It's amazing, that, yeah. So how do we say farewell to Sandy? I mean, you know, what's his legacy going to be at Augusta? Do you think he'll be
2: fondly remembered, and should he be fondly remembered? Oh, of course. I mean, the legacy will be that bunker shot to... <laughs> Set up victory. I think the lo- it is low-key around Sandy, but I think that's of Sandy's own choosing. Yeah, He doesn't seek the limelight. He doesn't seek fuss. And if that's the way he wants to be, well, well <laughs> good on him. The biggest media fuss I remember around him was the 2009 Open Championship with the comments yes. from Colin Montgomery that became a great story for the likes of us. But no, he, he should be held in the highest regard, an Open champion and a Masters champion. He was a Masters champion during that golden era for European yep. golf he was a guy that started it, as far as British golfers go, as well, wasn't he? Absolutely. So. so that that deserves the utmost respect. I know he's missed. I was actually looking at his record. I think 2014, he's missed cuts of year since. Yeah. But he's had the odd good, typically second round score. He's not. He's not been embarrassed here year after mm-hmm. year. I think all these guys just reach a point where they can't get it around here over 36 holes. It, it's too long for starters, and any. Elements of their game. I mean, he's, what, 65? 65. So he's bowing out at proper retirement age. Unless, well. you're, unless you're Bernard Langer, who is a freak in so many ways <laughs> and how he can, he can continue to play. I mean, I think with Sandy, it was kind of said when he, he finished the Champions Tour last week, that's my last one, I'm not going to tour anymore. Even that seemed to take people by surprise. Completely. Because he's not the kind of guy that would announce that or make a big fuss about it, and, and that's just the way it is. It's potentially held him back too, hasn't it? As far as things like the Ryder Cup captaincy goes. You sometimes need to be your own
1: biggest cheerleader to get gigs like that. And I
2: know that he was sore about that. I mean, that's part of what triggered the whole 2009 Turnberry row, and that's a separate conversation. Should he have been the Ryder Cup captain with that individual record? Yes. Yeah. But no, I, I, I haven't heard anyone who would criticise his career or his golfing legacy. It would be great if he made the... I mean, it's strongly odds against, but it would be great if he made the cut here. It would be the appropriate way to bow out yeah. it, on Sunday.
1: And not many of the the past champions do that when you look back through history. I mean, most of them tend to say goodbye on Friday at some point, don't they? So, yeah. fingers crossed he gets a proper farewell. I just think, I
2: wrote a column on this yesterday and it's, you know, far more about this than me, but I think it's sad that no Scottish golfer can qualify on their own merits, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yep. S- Sandy's in the field on account of what he did in 1988, but, but no other Scot is in the field. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's quite sad. I think it's a shame. I think it's something that should be... Addressed. I mean, there's a poll in the field, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to these countries, but no. A, but you're, you're there's right. There's a yeah. poll in the field, mm-hmm. an Austrian in the field, a Norwegian, and Victor Hovland's a top ten player in the mm-hmm. world. It's a separate and broader conversation, but I think we should look at this and think why why can't Scotland have players who can be part of this environment year on year? And I think that's that's a shame. That not not a shame. at all Sandy's fault or Sandy's problem, but I think as he bows out, there's a, maybe a moment to say. This is a pity, and, and hopefully Scotland can produce more players who can rub shoulders with it the best in the game. Absolutely agree, Chris. That's a separate podcast altogether, though,
1: isn't it? My yes. You <laughs> and before we finish up, then one name. Who's it going to be? Who's your prediction to win? Oh, one name. That's not fair. Oh, I know, but
2: you know, fairness isn't my strong suit. Um, <laughs> I'll stick with it. At the start of the year. I thought John Ram would win the okay. and as you said, his, his form recently hasn't been quite as good. But I think he has everything in his, his game to do well around here. There's a Spanish connection, all that kind of stuff. If you metaphorically pin me to the wall, and as you have done, <laughs> ask for one name, I would take I would take John Ram.
1: Yeah, it's a good choice, I think. Good choice. I'm sticking with Rory. I just have a feeling that that's potentially
2: the, the ridiculous romantic. I'm maybe. fed up jinxing Rory. This is part of the reason I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying was going to win. Yeah, reverse psychology. No one, no one in the media centre would be happier than me, but I... I'm fed up tipping him when he doesn't win, so he's getting a break and I'll I'll go on to John Ram. Excellent. So there's John Ram, cursed. (laughs) (laughs) Ewan, thank you so much for your time. Absolute
1: pleasure to have you on at last and enjoy the action when it does finally get underway. Pleasure, anytime. And thank you to you for listening. More bunkered Masters commutes coming up throughout this week. Like I say, they'll be in Your inbox is part of the the Bunkered email newsletter, and they'll be available to download or stream or listen to for free wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So until tomorrow, bye-bye for now.